y'all, and welcome to Benevolence, where kindness matters and all are welcome to the table. I'm your host, Ceci Diaz, and first and foremost, I want to thank each and every one of you for supporting me on this Benevolence podcast. I pray that as you tune in every week, you are empowered, blessed, and encouraged to be the best version of yourself. You are tuning into episode eight, Cycles. On this episode of Benevolence, I have an amazing person joining me at the table today. This girl has been on the Benevolence podcast before with her husband, but now I have her again to share her story with all of us. She is a youth pastor of our local church. She is a wife and an influential role model to many, including myself. So without further ado, I have Stephanie Marcelin joining me at the table today. Hey, girl. Hi, Ceci. <laughs> thank you so much for having me. Of course. I want to thank you for being willing to come to, um, again, on Benevolence. Um, I wanted to invite you to the table because I just, I've been hearing little bits and pieces of your story, like here and there, and I never got the full, you know, the full on story. <laughs> yeah. And I've also been dealing with a couple things with, I've come, I've encountered some some people throughout my life that have been going through some very hard times. And I noticed that they're very similar to the bits and pieces that I've heard of your story. So I figured that I'd have you here, join me at the table again, um, so that you can give us your story so that I can use this episode and you can, you know, you, it's through your story that we can evangelize to the people that I've come across um, in the past couple weeks. Um, And, you know, I wanted to give you an opportunity to tell your story and through a different outlet because you've said your story in church. So now it's like you're telling your story to our community. You're telling it to the world. You know, Um, I don't know. Like, I don't really know who listens in, who tunes in. But I know that from the statistics that I see. I have people from all over the country listening, listening, and listening in, That's and crazy. then I've even saw, I've, I've even seen some people from like Europe, That's and I don't awesome, know, I know it's kind of crazy. <laughs> I don't know who they are. I don't know, you know, but well, whoever they, you are, we thank you, you for we listening. Thank you from Europe, you know, from the other states, um, awesome. you know. But I know that your story is gonna impact many, many people. It's gonna go beyond the four walls so that's why i wanted you to come again so you know this episode is all about you okay and we've had episodes before where i've had you know certain people come and it's all of it's just them i'm just here to facilitate the conversation okay so without further ado let's get started um like i said the floor is yours i'll be here to facilitate some things every now and then yeah but go ahead and tell our listeners and me your story. Thank you so much, Ceci. I really appreciate that. No um, a little bit about me, just who I am, like in today. Um, I am married, been married. This is my third year in marriage. Um, you know, happily married to yes. my best friend, June <laughs> Marceline. Um, I serve in my local church as a youth a pastor. Also, you know, we also serve within the young adults ministry there. Um, I am bivocational as well, so I work um, pharmacy operations at, you know, um, a community oncology center here in Florida. Wow. Um, you know, I... So you basically know, you like, have a lot of hats. I do you have a like... lot of hats, yes. <laughs> Life, you know, friends, sister, mm-hmm. daughter, all that kind of stuff. But, um, 
you know, I don't, I, where I am today, I was never supposed to get here. Mm. You know, like yeah. every day I battle, like, this is not for me mm-hmm. because of what I've gone through. Wow. Or what I haven't, you know, learned or been to school for or different things like that. And so whoever's out there that, you know, feels that they don't belong wherever, mm-hmm. whatever door has opened in your life, just know that you're there for a purpose and for a reason. Yes. And maybe you don't feel qualified, but someone else thinks that you're qualified mm-hmm. for that. And it's in that season of preparation that I feel like I'm at right now, to be honest. And so a little bit about my story. I was born in Miami, um, 305. Yes, I know. And so um, I am the oldest of um, three girls. Um, Mom and dad are married and, you know, have been married and I've been blessed to have them both at home. Um, I was raised in church, you know, I was dedicated when I was in my mom's womb, you know what I mean? Like I knew church inside and out, you know, my parents would be at church every single day that the doors were open. Um, and they served, you know what I mean? They served in their community. They were involved in everything. They wanted us to love church. You know, my parents would do daily devotionals with us growing up. Like we would hear the word all the time. Yeah. Like, my dad was our preacher, you mm-hmm. know what I mean? Like, my dad would mm-hmm. tell us the Bible stories and, you know, get, share his testimony with us and, you know, all that kind of stuff. So I grew up, like, in the gospel, yeah. you know, hearing about Jesus and having an encounter with him. You know, I got baptized, you know, with uh, the Holy Spirit at the yeah. age of eight, you know wow. what I mean? Like, there was, in my in my living room, you know, mm-hmm. like, wow. it, was, it was that, you know, mm-hmm. I, we knew the word and everything like that, but... There was something that happened when I moved from uh, Miami to Oklahoma, Tulsa, Oklahoma. Shout wow. out 918. <laughs> um, but yeah, we I grew up in Tulsa, Oklahoma, or we moved to Tulsa, Oklahoma from Miami. So first of all, culture shock. Like mm-hmm. you're talking about boonies, you're talking about rednecks, you're talking about like trucks and, you know, wow. <laughs> camel print, you know what yeah, I mean? Yeah. It, was, it was so different than Miami. If you're from Miami, you know, the culture is very vibrant, mm-hmm. Latin, Spanish, yes. you know, and everything like that. So moving at the age of 10, it was, it was a culture shock. You mm-hmm. know, I had to go into a school where I was, the minority, you know, in Miami, mm-hmm. you're the majority, exactly. if, if anything, exactly. you know, so um, I was automatically like, I felt, you know, kind of marginalized because wow. of that, because yes, I am a, a light complexion, but you know, I'm Hispanic, you mm-hmm. know, and I speak Spanish and to some people I have an accent and, be, you know, because I wasn't white, I didn't really fit in mm. with them. And so I automatically started feeling that distance. And I was like, what in the world are we doing here? You know, dad got a job, so we had to move and all that kind of stuff. But um, I started feeling just out of place. And, um, you know, it was just us in Tulsa, Oklahoma. Like, wow. there was no one else. We didn't have family. We didn't have uh, cousins and aunts and everything. Mm-hmm. And it was just me and my sisters. And I was the oldest. Yeah. I mean, my sisters were younger than yes. I was. So, you know, mom had to work, dad had to work, and life just started, you know, there in a new place and everything like that. Um, Because of the culture that was where I was growing up, Mm -hmm. again, I felt so marginalized. I felt like I just couldn't fit in. And fast forward um, to seventh grade, 
was when really things started kind of taking a turn. Um, I started just having really like just heavy feelings. Like, and at the, I mean, at, at the time I couldn't really like know, I didn't know what was going on. I didn't feel, I didn't know why I always felt so sad or like, you know, all my thoughts were just so dark and yeah. whatever. And I remember just like, it was like a bad day at school and my mom and dad had to work. They, you know, they worked just to sustain us mm-hmm. and they were business owners as well. So that would require like a lot of hours outside of the home. Yeah. And, um, I was just at home with my sisters and I was like, you know what? This is just too much for me. And I just can't. And I went to the kitchen and I grabbed a knife <gasps> and then I locked myself in the bathroom. Oh my God. And I was like, I just can't, like, I can't with the pressures. Like I can't like, this is, I don't know what at the age of like, you know, 12 that I was yeah. like, I'm so done. Mm-hmm. I'm just done with life. My sister, Elizabeth, I guess saw me do something. Mm-hmm. And she starts knocking on the door. And she's like, Steph, like, Steph, I don't know what's going on, but I'm here for you. She's like four years younger than me. Wow. And she was telling me that she, that I wasn't alone in whatever mm-hmm. I was going through. Wow. And I was like, Liz, like, you know, don't worry. Just leave me alone. I, I really want to be alone. And I was just like in this crisis at that moment. She slips a note under the door. And she's just like, Stephanie, I love you. Oh, my God. Please don't leave me. Like, I'm here for you. Wow. And I was like, okay, I'm here. And I'm just crying and sobbing. And she hugs me. And she's like, I'm here. Like, don't worry. I don't know what's going on, but whatever. And my parents ended up finding out. Mm -hmm. And... They were like, Steph, like, what's going on? You know, mm-hmm. you know, whatever. Do you, you know, do we need to get you help? Like, what's going on? I was like, mm-hmm. no, I'm fine. I just had a tough day, whatever. But those emotions were never really addressed. Yeah. And it was like, be careful because your sisters are watching. Wow. And so at that moment, I was like, I just need to, like, hold it all together mm-hmm. all the time. Wow. I can't show weakness. You know, um, I'm the oldest of the three, mm-hmm. of, you know, three of us. And I'm just like, I, I got to have it together. I have to be here. You know what I mean? You know, for mom and dad, I have to show them that I'm responsible, you know, that I can do it. And I started adding all of these pressures into my life. You so know what I mean? instead of like getting it addressed and, you know, getting help and it was like, it didn't really resolve itself at the right. end of the day. It was no. just actually more pressure because yes. you had to set an example for your sister. Exactly. Wow. That's crazy. And, um, and so, yeah. So, you know, now I'm like in eighth grade and, you know, you start getting attracted to guys and you're like, oh, you know, who's mm-hmm. this and who's that? And I was going to a public school at that time. And, um... Because, again, the, the, the school system culture was just like, you're Hispanic, you're white, you're a jock, you're black, this and that. There was a clash between African-Americans and Latinos. Wow. So I would literally be, like, bullied at walking in the middle of the hallways. Like, I would have people just say things to me, you know, and just, like, girls try to fight me. I'm just like, yo, like... And I was a little snarky, I'm not going to lie. You know what I mean? I may have, like, irked a couple people and whatever. But 
it was just that type of environment and i was like okay you know what like I just need to be accepted somewhere so that mm-hmm. nobody comes here and, like, kicks my butt. And yeah. I'm like, you know what I mean? Not, without mm-hmm. protection, quote-unquote. Yeah. So I was just accepted by, you know what I mean, the, the Latinos, you know what I mean? They're in, in Oklahoma, the predominantly mm-hmm. they're Mexican. So I just accepted their culture. I was like, this is what I want to be. This is who I want to be around. Like, you know, just accept me. Have my back. Like... And we would say to each other in the hallways, like, yo, this girl's trying to find me. Like, you better jump in. Like, you know, I got your back. Oh like, <laughs> yeah, yeah, that yeah. type of environment. <laughs> and, you know, I got into a couple of fights and they were there and whatever. So then it, it, it kind of started making a turn because we were, um, since I was one of the younger ones within the group, um, I saw that, you know, there was, there was like clicks and you know, forming, and I was naive, and so, you know, my understanding now is, like, you know, there were gangs, and you would have to be, you know, you have to, they fight you, or they, um, you fight to get in, and you do all of this and that, and so, I kind of followed that. Wow. You know, and I was involved in it, we would rep, you know, we had our signs, like, we had all of that. So, you (laughs) had, did you... Like, you're the whole initiation process, you had to go through that? I wouldn't say the whole initiation process, because I was younger. Okay. So, what I saw them do to other people, I didn't have to do, but I was around them, and I was with them, okay. and I repped it. I remember even doing, like, the stupidest things. Like, I, like, did a self-tattoo. Oh, my God. <laughs> yes. <laughs> with, like, ink and a needle, just to have, like, the sign on my hand that I repped this set wow just like stupid i would say no stupid thing. but you this know this is I mean? crazy because it's like tulsa <laughs> oklahoma you know early 2000s right yes. and it's yes. like really like yeah and like then that's what was happening at home the thing is at home like i had to had it all together Okay, so you were you know, showing something I different. Was, I was. Wow. You know what I mean? Like, they, mom and dad, you know, they they didn't, they couldn't see, you know what I mean, what was going on. They saw certain things. I started dressing different. Mm, how were you dressing? Girl, what you, I had my baggy shirts. Oh my gosh. I had my tight <laughs> pants with the bell bottoms. Yeah. I had my Cortezes. Wow. I had the lip liner. I need to show you pictures. You need to show oh, me what? pictures. Because <laughs> I like, can't. <laughs> I had my gold chains, wow. like the cross, yeah, and like yeah. my name, and all this other stuff. Like that was just who I was. I wrote the way that I wrote. I wrote like you would tag on a wall. Yeah. Like, my teachers would tell me, "I can't read this. Oh Can you write gosh. normal?" Yes. <laughs> That's crazy. I completely started changing. So this is like eighth grade. This was eighth grade. Wow. Yes. So you're like this. It was eighth grade. Twelve. 13? 13. Yeah, I was 13 years old. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. Absolutely. So that's when things began to take a turn. You know what I mean? Like, and on the inside, it was just like, I just felt, you know, empty. I didn't feel like I I fit in. You know what I mean? I would still go to church because you have to go to church. Like, you know, there's, there's no other way around that, you know, on a Sunday. And I wouldn't fit in. Wow. You know, I... It would be a fight for, you know what I mean? Like, no, you have to wear, you know, church clothes. And it's like, I just wanted to wear sneakers and jeans, you know? Okay. And all this kind of stuff. So I just, I just couldn't fit in. And, you know, it was like, 
like what's going on like mm-hmm. you know who are you like what what are all these what are all these things that are going on in your life mm-hmm. and I just didn't feel safe enough to tell anyone that I just felt alone yeah you know what I mean that I felt marginalized mm-hmm. that I was being bullied you know what I mean at school and all of those you know, desires of love and acceptance that just weren't there by my peers. Because I'm just going to say that. Because mom and dad, like, loved me, like, regardless. Yeah. You know what I mean? But by the people who I thought that my validation would come from. Mm. You know, because I they didn't love me and mm. accept me for yeah. who I was. I then started to, like, you know, give my value to other things. Wow. You know? I, I did the whole bad relationship thing. You know? Mm-hmm. And the thing is that... I was 13 years old dating a 19-year-old guy. No. <gasps> Jeez Louise. To the point that he took advantage of me because of my age. Wow. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And that opened, like, even deeper wounds. Yeah. You know? And I was just like, yo, like, what in the world is going on? Mm-hmm. You know? And because of those hurts that I was, like, crying out on the inside Mm -hmm. is when I started taking things that can begin to numb my pain, Mm. you know? And all my other friends were dating older guys, so I thought that this was normal. Yeah. You know? Mm -hmm. All of them would be like, oh, no, but, you know, he can... He can pick you up from school. You can skip with him. He Mm -hmm. has a car. You know what I mean? He can buy you food. You know, just little things like that. Mm -hmm. You know? He can give you that. Oh, he can buy his beer. Like, you know, all these different things. And I'm just like, okay, I guess this is cool. Mm-hmm. But in my mind, in my heart, I just knew it didn't feel right. Yeah. You know? Mm-hmm. And then at school, you know, because of just how it was, like, you'd be touching appropriately. And it was just like, because of like the music, even at that time, it was like a rape culture. So like walking down the hallways, like you would be touching appropriately and guys would say things to you and... All of those words and all of those actions will then just begin to create this, like, this this thought and belief, like, am I not worth anything? Yeah. You know, because I can be walking down the hallway and a guy, like, you know, grab me inappropriately. Wow. You know, or say things to me. You know, and I was just like, what in the world is this? Mm-hmm. And so I didn't have anyone to, like, ask. I didn't have anyone to, you know, to rely on, to give me sound counsel or advice or... Mm-hmm. Whatever, so I just kept bottling this stuff up because I had to have it all together. Yeah. Wow. And so then because of that was when I started using, you know, pills and, you know, I started smoking weed with them and I started skipping school and we would go and have little house parties and we would drink together and then I would just come back at school and put a whole bunch of spray on so no, my parents don't smell that I smoke weed and cigarettes and... You know, all mm-hmm. of that stuff. And that just kind of became the cycle of my life at the age of, what, 13, 14 years old. Wow. And it carried on to high school? Yeah. So that eighth grade year, my parents were like, there is something up with you. And I don't know what it is. So we're going to stick you in a private school. Wow. I remember going into the private school, walking in to, like, sign up. Oh, my gosh. And I looked at my dad and I was like... I know what you're trying to do, but let me assure you that I will get out of this school one way or another. Like I was fearless, mm-hmm. but not like the good fearless. Like yeah. I just didn't care about like what happened. Yeah. 
Like, I, didn't, I was like, I'll pay the consequences. I don't care what it is. My friends were in and out of juvie. You know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. I, I saw that. So, for me, it was like, eh, whatever. Like, mm-hmm. you know. And yeah. so, I remember telling my dad that to his face. He was like, whatever, Stephanie. Just, we're going to put you in this school, whatever. So, come ninth grade, I'm in this new school. Now I have to wear uniforms. Yes. Like I have to, you know. Was it's it like strict. Christian? It was Christian. Okay. I had chapel and I had mm-hmm. all these things, and I'm like, what in the world is this? Like mm-hmm. this is not for me. I remember sitting in chapel, like in the back. I was like, I don't care about this. Mm-hmm. Like my parents are horrible. Like they don't care about me. They don't love me or whatever. And I was like, yo, I just need to get out of this. Mm-hmm. So in every school, you find people. Yes. For sure. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter where it's it at. Does, it doesn't. It doesn't. But again, these are the people that accepted me for who I was. Mm. And so again, I kind of just, you know, went towards the people who, you know, didn't want to be there either. Mm. You know, had mm. trouble at home with their parents, you know? Yeah. And the things at home also became a little crazy because they, I was just like, you're going to put me in here and put me here against my will. Like, I'm going to like, yeah you know yeah rebel and just like fight you with everything isn't it crazy how you know we we decide that like yes because i remember like my story like i remember when i moved from miami to orlando i made that decision oh yeah Ooh, and it was like it was so evil Mm -hmm. i made the decision i'm that's it i'm rebelling forget everyone forget everything and that's like that's the danger. It is. When you make that decision it is. to just back off, like back away from everything. That's, Absolutely. That's where it gets very dangerous. It is. It is. And that's exactly where I was at. Wow. I was like, I'm like, that's what you want to do? Okay, come on. Let's go. You know? And I got involved with the wrong friends again. I met this, no, another girl that she was there, you know, because her parents weren't even Christian. And... She had other influences and she was dating, you know, not the best people either. And so I remember even with her, like, we started skipping class and then we went to like a crack house. Oh my God. And things were happening there and I saw things and I was like, yo, like, this is too much, but whatever. Like, Mm -hmm. you know, I'm really trying to get out of this. So she started handing me, you know, prescription pills and I was like, oh, I took this from my dad, like, whatever. So I started taking them even more. And so then between like, it was like three or four of us that we would start getting pills. And then we met like June. No, we met. Yeah. Cause I was a freshman. So we met like juniors and seniors that knew that we had this. Mm. And then we started selling them at school. Oof. Girl. And so that cycle kind of began. And then one day, I'm just going to fast forward to like. Yeah. Where it gets there. So one day, one of the girls, or one of my friends. Friends. Yeah, Mm -hmm. quote unquote. um, She, her and the other girl get into an argument. Okay. She then goes to the principal and rats us all out. Wow. Ever since then, I've had trust issues with girls. Like, I just could not trust (laughs) women. I was like, yeah, we've been through all of this. Like, you know, whatever. Mm -hmm. Anyway, so she rats us out. But she was one of them as she well. She was one of But she cleared her name. Like, wow. everything's on them. This is what they tried to sell me. And she mm-hmm. had it as evidence. You know, it was just whatever. Yeah, of course. 
so we had, you know, other stuff on us too. And they're like, you know, then I ended up hearing like, yo, you don't know what's going on. Like, they're going to call you in. Like, it's done. You act like if you don't know me, whatever. I was like, oh my God. Because until this point, I had never gotten in trouble for anything of the things that I did. Yeah. You know, like mm-hmm. this was the first time like I'm caught. Yeah. So I'm like, oh my gosh, what do I do? Like, mm-hmm. I'm not as tough as I thought. <laughs> you know, like, yeah, yeah, freaking yeah. out. And so they come into the principal's office. And the principal's there, and there's a juvenile correction officer in the office as well. Wow. And she's like, this is what we know. We know you're involved in some, you know, with some part, you know, what did you do? You know, what did you bring? You know, what's going on? I need you to tell us. And she said everything that she knew. And I'm just like, well, that's it. Like, so I can't, just, I can't do anything. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You just surrender. So I, I told her, and I was like, well, this was my part that I played in it. You know, I, you know, whatever. Mm-hmm. She's like, I know you've, you know, sold things. Like, who did you sell it to? And they started running through videos, and they're like, we saw this person, but who is that person here? She literally took out the yearbook for me mm-hmm. to show her, like, who it what. Like, I cannot get away from this. Like, they had wow. evidence, like, all that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, okay. So... They're like, okay, well, we're going to call your parents. Um, and the juvenile direct corrections officer is here, so you might be going to juvie today. Wow. I was like, oh, my God. I was like, at that moment, I didn't even think, like, my future hold. I just knew how to call my parents. Like, mm-hmm. I was, and you're Hispanic. You know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. you're, you're scared yeah. of that. Like, you know that you're going to, like, die. Yeah. So I call my mom. I can't even get a word out. Like, I just started my start bawling, and I'm, like, crying, and I'm just, like, okay. And the little words that I said, I was, like, Mom, just come to school. Like, whatever. So, they come. She tells them everything. And I'm just there, like, oh, my God, Stephanie, you're so toast. Like, you're so done. They're, like, well, we have to open up an investigation. We're going to suspend you for three days, and, you know, then we'll let you know what happens. So, I left with, like, a paper. That okay. says suspended for three days yeah. for distribution of drugs. So I'm like, oh my Jeez, god, Jeez, the weeds. Yes. It's like, it's it's surreal. Like I, I can't. I'm looking at you and I'm like, I'm. This is a movie. Like, you know what I mean? And to this day, I'm just like, I really like. You know what I mean? Like you yeah, can't just. I can't even. Same, same with me. I look back at. Just the stupid things. I'm like, oh yeah. my god! What was like, I thinking? What was going on? <laughs> like, and then the crazy thing is that we know, like Jesus, like yep. we knew we yes, and we it, were in church every we're week. In church, like, and we and we faked the funk. Yeah. You know what I mean? And it's like still absolutely. <laughs> and absolutely. then you hear like we went to church and we heard the testimonies of how people. You know, God brought them out yes. of certain things, but still you're sitting there and, and you're just, just like, like okay. whatever, you know, it's yeah. just, anyway. It's because you're just not receptive, mm-hmm. like, you're not open to it, you know? At least for me also, it was like, the church that I went to at that time wasn't so accepting and loving. So, like, even in situations with, like, the youth leaders at the church, that they would see me, I remember, like, one lady... She's like, you have hate written all over your face. Oh, my gosh. Okay. You know? And I'm just like, why are you coming at me like that? I know. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, and I was like, well, in that case, like, I hate everybody. And wow. I hate you. 
You said that Yes. Because <gasps> I was like, no, don't do that. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? Like, don't try to, you know. And then, you know, I had profetas come and, oh, like, gosh. tell me that you're bound up in sin and all that. You know what I mean? So, like, I was constantly just like, that's not a place for me. Mm-hmm. Because as soon as I walk in, I'm being judged. Mm-hmm. I'm being singled out. You know, and, and I'm like 13 years old. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm young. I'm a baby in reality, yeah. you know? And so, going back to that moment with the principal, like, my parents leave, and I was like, yo, I'm so toast. And I, we, we leave. My parents' reaction was not what I thought at that moment. You know, we, we got into the car, and they're like, Stephanie, I don't know what's going on. I don't understand, but you're in God's hands right now, and they just mm-hmm. had to pray. Wow. Like, it wasn't even, like, that they screamed mm-hmm. at me. It wasn't even that they, like, you know, punched me. Like, mm-hmm. I could, I deserved all of that. Like, They're you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, I was, I was, mm-hmm. and I got them. Trust me, I yeah, got yeah, them. Yeah, sure. I was, I was, you know, but it, it just wasn't that. And I was just like, I don't even know what's going on. Mm-hmm. But I just had so much hurt of just being, like, you know, used when I shouldn't have. And, you know, people violated. And, you know, people would say things about me. And all of those things were just a constant cycle in my head that it just, you know, was creating huge wounds that I was just trying to just numb. Yeah. I was just trying to numb it. Mm-hmm. You know? And and then after that, it, it got even worse. Like... My parents were like, I can't even put her in any school. Wow. So I was out of school for a year. What? Oh my gosh. So I was the year behind. Okay. Because my mom was like, I can't. I'm like, I don't know. If I put her here, she'll go back with her friends. If I put her in this mm-hmm. other one, like, she just yeah, got kicked you, out. Like, every parent thinks private school is the, the solution. Way. <laughs> yeah. But. but I had just gotten kicked out of, you know, one of the best ones in that town. So I was like, yeah. I, you know... You're like, whatever. Well, you'll stay here with us and whatever. So I, I did my, you know, I was, I said I was like punished for like a year, you yeah. know, for what mm-hmm. I did, which, hey, I, I deserve it, I guess, you know. And um, then the next year I went back to that school, the public school. And my parents like, Steph, this is another opportunity. Don't mess it up, mm-hmm. whatever. But in that year that I was out of school, because I wasn't around those people anymore, I kind of just opened up to there was a new pastor that came into the church and she was a she was a female. Um well she was a pastor's wife, but she was also a pastor. Like mm-hmm. she, you know, she was powerful, she preached and she was a psychologist. Oh, okay. And I feel like I was like her her quote unquote project, if yeah. that would make sense. Okay. And so she also helped with the youth, like she started leading the youth ministry. And I was like, okay, she's cool. You know, she'll be like, how you doing, Stephanie? And like, mm-hmm. all this and that. And she wouldn't take my rejection. Like, she wouldn't feed off of that. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? But she would like engage in conversation. Like, how you doing? Like, you know what I mean? How's this or how's that? And she started coming around my house. She started spending like hours with me at my house. Like, how are you doing? And just talking to me. Just like a regular person. Yeah. And I hadn't had that. Mm-hmm. I- I've never had anybody ask me like, Yo, what's really going on? Yeah. And I kind of just began to open up with her. And I was like, okay, so not everyone is judgmental and, you know, 
kind of standoffish and critical and there you know what I mean like she, yeah. she was just different I hadn't mm-hmm. really experienced anyone you know what I mean in that way and so excuse me I began to open up with her and I was telling her like what I had been going through and whatever and in the most loving way she just heard me mm-hmm. you know she just heard what I had to say and wasn't you know bashing me with the bible or like the word of god says this mm-hmm. or this or no, she just heard me for who I was and what I was going through. Yeah. And so I began to like have that, you know, relationship with her and I was open up to God and I was like, okay, God, maybe you have something for me. And I don't know, like I've gone through all this crap, like, mm-hmm. you know, like, yeah. and, and just help me if anything. And that year was when God, like when I met God. Okay. That was when I was 14. Wow. And I had that encounter with God that I knew he was real. Like he started, you know, waking me up in the middle of the night. You know what I mean? I mm-hmm. would, I would, you would feel his presence. Like, you know, I had people speak over my life, like purpose and life and just different things. Like things started changing. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like even things at home got better. Like, you know, I, I was, I didn't like to clean my room and mm-hmm. that was just me. And I started seeing like my parents, like even begin to change that they would use, my mom would use the opportunity that my room was messy to like go into my room and start praying over my room and like fixing my sheets and like declaring God. Like I saw that and I'm just like, okay, I guess there's something different. I don't know, whatever. Mm. But I still didn't open up so deep to go into the wounds that were really there. Yeah. You know, and with any addiction, addiction is just something that occupies your time Mm -hmm. it is what is it that is taking away your time time from things that matter you know and it's and it's that and so I was like I I didn't do that you know I didn't disconnect from from what was it that was really you know the issue because under under any addiction is what actually happened Mm mm-hmm and when you get to the root of it and you make a choice to not go back, that's when things begin to then change. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, I was I was caught up in this system again. I, you know, I didn't allow myself to fully heal. And so I went back. Well, so then I got into another relationship and the guy was older and the same thing happened and there was more wounds that were opened. And so then fast forward from Oklahoma, we moved to Texas I met a counselor there. She fixed up my credits. I was able to do two years in one. Wow. I graduated with my class. Wow. So I did two years in like seven months. Like it was the craziest, most intense months of my life. Yeah. Then after that, my dad got another job and we moved to Orlando. Mm-hmm. That was in 2010. Okay. So then in Orlando, Orlando's just like, I was in the middle of nowhere in yeah. Tulsa, Oklahoma. Like, there was nothing. nothing. Orlando's, like, distraction town. Like, yes. there's everything here. <laughs> like, you know, and it's not just the parks, but, you know, you mm-hmm. can go out different places. And so I started meeting different people. I got, you know, I went to school, you know, for my degree. And so then I started, and again, it's just meeting with the wrong people. Like, I mm-hmm. just always click with them like, because I just felt them. that mm-hmm. I just was accepted. Yeah. And so again, the same thing. And now I'm, you know, 18, 21, and I'm in this cycle of 
you know, the party scene. There's, you know, clubs here that I wasn't, you know, that weren't over mm-hmm. there. And I just got, got attracted to this scene, you know, started drinking alcohol and taking pills again and, you know, all this kind of stuff. And the cycle just began, just continued to happen. Wow. Because there's always something that fuels your cycle, mm-hmm. whether it's hurt that's fueling your cycle, whether mm-hmm. it's your fears that are fueling your cycle, like whether it's your anxieties that are fueling your cycle, like you're something that keeps it going. Yeah. Cycles are circles. So what keeps the momentum mm-hmm. going? And until you figure out what that is, the cycle will continue. Exactly. And so I got involved with the wrong guy and then come, there was a night that um, I was driving home from school and I got hit on head. I got hit head on by a drunk driver. Wow. And that was February 26, 2013. Wow. Statistics of drunk driving mm-hmm. accidents, like, no, very fatal. little. <laughs> and it was head on. It was wow. a head on collision. Oh my God. That night, Stephanie mm-hmm. should have died. Yeah. Wow. But I didn't. Mm-hmm. I walked out with bruises, but not a scratch. Wow. Incredible. And I mean, I have, you know, I have some spinal, um, you know, bulges and different things like that. Mm-hmm. But in reality, like my treatment lasted two years. Like that was tough. And during that time, I was reintroduced to painkillers because of the pain that I was in. Mm. So it goes back to what I had experienced for years. Mm hmm. And that season was the darkest season of my life. Wow. Because I was like, I should have died, but I didn't. So why in the world am I here? Mm-hmm. I would take handful of pills because I did not want to wake up the next morning. Wow. But I would wake up the next morning. Mm-hmm. Wow. And I was like, what in the world is it? Why do you have me here? I am mm-hmm. in pain. I lost my car. The guy left. On my job. Like, all these different things. Like, I couldn't even finish school that semester. How was I going to finish school if I was, like, taking pills? I couldn't yeah. even concentrate. You know, wow. I was in physical therapy for, like, two years. Like, it was it was bad. And I was just like, what in the world do you have me here to do? Like, I can't. Mm-hmm. And so I was like, well, you didn't do it, so let me do it. Yeah. And it was three times that I was like, I'm done. Mm-hmm. And the next morning, I would still wake up. <laughs> That's crazy. So I was like, I don't know what the heck it mm-hmm. is. I don't know what it is that you want, God. Because clearly, you're, you're, you're keeping me here for a reason. Mm-hmm. I'm not grateful because I'm in pain. Because I've lost everything that I thought I earned. Like... You know, all these different things. And you're giving me this life that I don't want. Like, what in the world is going on? And so a friend invited me to church. To Calvario. Or you say Calvario back then. Yeah. And she's like, Steph, just come. Mm-hmm. Like, I, you need people around you that can, like, you know, you know, motivate you. And, like, we're here for you. Mm-hmm. You know, you're going through all of this stuff. And she invited me to church. Wow. And that was... 23rd, that was six years ago. Wow. And I'm just like, where I am right now was never where I was supposed to end up. Mm-hmm. 
I have friends till this day that I have like on Facebook, mm-hmm. Instagram that are still in the same cycle that I was at 13 years ago. Wow. And I'm like, that's where I should have been. Mm-hmm. I was like, you know, what is it that you have for me? I don't understand. And it, it, it made so much sense when I was like, it was because I felt alone, that I had no one, that I was, you know, put to the side, that I wasn't accepted, that I wasn't invited to the table. Mm. You know, mm-hmm. that these wounds began to open, you know, and people took advantage of my innocence and, you know, words were spoken over, you know, against me and against my life. And I didn't feel like I had a safe haven anywhere that I would just go to the wrong people to just try to get value and acceptance. Wow. But the same people that can celebrate you will be the same people that crucify you. Yes. They won't be there when you mess up. Mm -mm. They won't be there when you fall. Mm -hmm. They won't be there when you're crying in the middle of the night. Because the thoughts are just so loud and the voices are so loud. Mm -hmm. They won't be there for that. And so in that darkest season of my life when I was 21, I was like, okay, I don't know what it is that you want with my life. You know, I'll, I'll, I'll try this because clearly what I'm doing is not worth it. And I feel like God took me to the end of Stephanie. The end of me. Where I had no more solutions. Where I had no more excuses. Where I had nothing else to give. Mm-hmm. I, had, I had nothing. I had nothing to my name. I had, you know, nothing. And I was like, okay, do something. If you're really there, do something. Because mm-hmm. I, I can't. And I, I'm done with me. Yeah. And that's when things begin to change. But in that process of of changing, I was at the altar every single week. Wow. Like, I was that person mm-hmm. that was like, that girl's going through some stuff. Like, mm-hmm. <laughs> I don't know what it is. Like, but I was, <laughs> I was constantly there. Mm-hmm. Because I was like, if... If if things are gonna change, then then they have to change now. Yeah. And I'm gonna make that choice to begin to change because there's power in your choice. Yes, like absolutely. there's power when you're like enough is enough. Like mm-hmm. I'm tired of being dragged. I'm tired of being stepped on. I'm tired. I'm you know I'm tr- I'm tired of the voices in my head being louder than they should be. You know, and letting that control how I feel and how I act and what I do. Like you know, and all of that. And I was like, I'm done. And I was like, okay, do something. Show me. You know what I mean? Like, you mm-hmm. spoke to me when I was 14. Mm-hmm. And I met you there. And, and you came to me with how I, broken I was with, you know, getting kicked out of school and all this kind of stuff. Like, I, I'm here now. And, and do something. Mm-hmm. And little by little, things began to change. It was the longest process that I felt that I was in. Because I had a cut relationships Mm -hmm. and friendships I had a you know I had to cut the addictions that I was in Mm -hmm. those things that will fuel my validation like you know going to the club and a whole bunch of guys saying things to you and you look good and blah 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 Mm -hmm. I had to cut all of that Mm 
and know that my validation didn't come from those things Mm -hmm. my validation came from just who i was and whose i was Mm -hmm. that's good so it was just a whole mind shift and sometimes that's the biggest battle Mm -hmm. it's in our mind yep absolutely the biggest battles in my mind and then i started reading books on my mind because I knew that Mm -hmm. I was just like messed up up here I was just messed up I had created negative you know channels in my head and you know negative thought patterns and all these different things and that's not gonna that change is not gonna happen from one day to the other Mm -hmm. because it didn't have it wasn't created from one day to the other so you can't expect change in your life like you know Sunday to Monday like that's not gonna happen and God can do it. Mm-hmm. I'm not saying that God can't. Mm-hmm. Like, God can deliver you from stuff. Because yes. I've seen it. My dad's a testimony of it. Like, you know, I, I, I've known those stories. I've heard those stories. Mm-hmm. Like, I've, and everything like that. But that wasn't, that wasn't for me. That wasn't my story. Yeah. My story was a constant surrender. My story was a constant, like, I'm here. Like, I'm here. Like, I'm done. Like, I have no answers. I need you to do something. Wow. And six years later, like. Here you are. Here I am. Pastor? (laughs) (laughs) The one thing I, you know. (laughs) The one thing that, that, I don't know. Probably never thought that you would be feeling, you know, that And just like, you know, and you look from the outside, it's like, all I have is my story and what Jesus did in my life. Amen. That's all I have. But that's it. That's all. That's all we need. That's all the people that follow you need you know what i mean the people that your sheep you know your youth that's all they need yeah you know and i think that like a lot of us especially those that serve in church we feel like we need the degree or we need you know the experience and even with me i'm like god how can you use me like Mm. i'm just doing this thing just because i don't know you know i still don't know why i do this and you know (laughs) And, you know, I'm still denying the call that you have over my life and things like that. But I just, I don't have the credentials. And, you know, I have my story and that's it, you know. But, and it's true. You know, we feel unqualified. But those are the people that God uses the most. You know what I mean? So, and look at you now wearing a bunch of hats (laughs) under a lot of stress, but good hats. (laughs) You know, mm-hmm. and, and it's just that shift of, you know, surrounding yourself with people like, you know, that you look up to, mm-hmm. you know, that you admire, that you're like, wow, like, life doesn't have to be like that, you know, it doesn't have to be hard and difficult, like, my life doesn't have to be like the people around me, you mm-hmm. know, and, and, and those individuals that see something in you that other people don't, you know. Mm-hmm. I admire you, Ceci. And you know I've told you that plenty of times. Thank you. <laughs> you know? Mm-hmm. Because it's moments in individuals like, you know, like you that you're like, you know what? I'm going to go against all odds. Mm-hmm. Whether I even believe in it or not sometimes. Mm-hmm. Yep. You know? Mm-hmm. But it's like, you've put me here for a reason. I don't know what that reason is. I know mm-hmm. you have something for me. I don't know what it is. Mm-hmm. But I know you've given me a story. Mm-hmm. So with that, I'm going to share. Exactly. Mm-hmm. And I don't know what you're going to do with that story. Nope. <laughs> you know? 
Mm-hmm. And I, you know, in the moments that I've been able to like tell people, you know, what I've gone through, I'm like, I feel like the things that you that you go through are never for you. No. They're mm-hmm. always for someone else. Absolutely. Because, you know, with me, I don't know. I feel like it, I don't know. And this is weird me saying all of this, but it could have been avoided. Yeah. I could have. I could have taken the other route. There were so many chances of me taking that other street and avoiding the situations that led me to get to my rock bottom. Mm -hmm. And I look back and I'm like, that's not, that wasn't me. Like, that wasn't how I was brought up. Yeah. That wasn't, you know, I remember. Like, people would have never expected that from me. People would have never expected that from me. Like, the year before, you know, I I attempted to take my life, I was singing worship on the altar of the church in Miami. And mm-hmm. I was involved in the youth ministry. I was involved. I was, you know, prayer warrior, intercessor, you know, wow. armor bearer, you know. Yeah. It was very hardcore. And mm-hmm. I remember I would come home senior year, junior year, you know, sophomore year and freshman year were a little crazy. But, <laughs> um, you know, I remember the last few years I would just come home and like, Close the door, go in my room, blast Hillsong, the song, All mm. I Need Is You, Lord. All mm. I Need Is yes. You. And praying and praying wow. and reading the word. And then 2005, I move mm. over here and like all hell breaks loose. In two years, all hell broke loose. Two years. Yeah. It took two years for everything that I had gone through, everything that I had, you know, lived for, you know, the relationship that I had with God, it just went under and I look back and I'm like yo (laughs) that wasn't me you know and because of my story and because I I use benevolence as my outlet to tell my story and I invite people like you to come tell their story like it's just like you said my story is it wasn't for me it's for other people and when I hear feedback from from stories or my story or my testimony and I hear that other people went through similar things and they're like, oh my God, it's so powerful. Like I would never, like just today, my husband said something because he was able to tell his boss that I had a podcast and then she spread the word to somebody else who was going through something similar. Like Thank it's you. not, it's not, it's not for us. Yeah, Our story is not for us, yeah. <laughs> you know? And it's crazy that you said that because I'm thinking back, I'm like, no way. It's yeah. for, it's for other people, Yeah, you know? Exactly. But your story is incredible, <laughs> Stephanie. Like, just, you know, the craziest thing is I know Stephanie. And, you know, I see her all the time, every week. And you would never in a million years ever think that, you know, she had, you know, bad habits, bad crowds, gangs. <laughs> you know, bullying even. Yeah. You know, and pills. All of that rebellion, you got suspended from school, you know, mm-hmm. never in a million years. I know. You know? It's not the first impression. Yeah. At least today. Today. I might, today. I, I look a little different. If you saw me back then, you'd probably be like, you'd be yeah, like okay, she's, yeah, she's, 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 she's a little tougher, you know. She's been no through books. some stuff. But, yeah. you know, your your story is incredible. And, and like I said earlier in the beginning, I brought you here because... It's it's a story that even though it was six years ago, seven, you know, even ten years ago, mm-hmm. it's still rele- still very relevant to this day and age. Mm-hmm. 
I've still come across so many people who maybe I'm not hearing the bullying part, but who are having issues with the people that they're surrounding themselves, you know, with and the bad habits, you know, and God has allowed me to reach out to them in a way. So I'm using benevolence as a tool Mm -hmm. for them to hear your story. You know, Mm -hmm. whoever's going to listen to this episode next week, you know, when it comes out, I know that they're, they're going to be blown away by the story, you know, because it showed how regardless of the decisions that you took in life, God still, God's grace was just overflowing over your life. So I guess my last question for you so, so we can conclude the episode would be, you know, what can you tell, you know, our listeners who, is, who are going through just a tough time? Whether it could be addiction, whether it's being with the wrong crowd, where they feel even maybe they failed everyone around them and they don't even know where to start. They don't even know how to begin. There's people even probably contemplating their lives and they want to take their lives and they don't even know why they're still here. You know, what would be, what was the moment in your life where you clicked and you were like, okay, Jesus, I have to follow him. That's the only way. And how... Can you encourage the listener who is struggling to move forward, you know, believing? Great question. Um, I think it was the moment that I understood that I wasn't my mistakes. Mm -hmm. Or that I wasn't the things that I did and the bad choices that I made. The things that that my perspective on myself started changing. Mm -hmm. Because a lot of the times we try to figure out and solve the problem from the outside in. But until you look on the inside, the things that you've gone through, the things that you've experienced, the wounds that were made, is when true healing then begins to happen. Mm. And the thing is that the the enemy, and I'm a believer as well, so I, I have to say it like this, but the enemy wants you to believe that you are your mistake. Mm-hmm. And that you are the shortcomings that you, that you, that, you know, every time you fell and every time you failed someone, whether it was with the things that you did do or the things that you didn't do, the things that you saw that maybe you didn't intervene in or the things that you fell through, you know, and made it happen. And so the enemy wants you to look at yourself and he wants you to look at what you did and that's just who you are. And so you live life out of mistakes. You live life looking at yourself like, I'm not good enough for anything because I can't make a right decision because I'm nobody can trust me because I let people, you know, I let people down, you know, I I failed, you know, and different things like that. But when you get to know Jesus, he doesn't see you and your sin. He mm-hmm. sees you separate from what you do. Mm-hmm. And he loves you for who you are. Yep. And for nothing else. You don't have to bring anything to the table. You just have to come and sit. Mm-hmm. And you're accepted just as you are. No questions, no criticism, no judgment. And when I found the love that I was looking for, because that's the fuel to all of our cycles. Yes. Is that we don't get the love that we're longing for. Mm-hmm. That's the fuel to every addiction, to every bad relationship. That's. When you don't get that love factor, that's what we all want. Mm-hmm. And everything stems out of that. Yeah. And so when I found that and I filled that piece of my life with 
the only one that can honestly fill it. Because you can have all the boyfriends that you want. Mm -hmm. You can sleep with as many people as you want. You know, you can smoke it all you want. You can take as many pills as you want. But as soon as you're out of that room or as soon as you're done with that high, you're going to feel exactly the same way that you did when you started. Absolutely. So I was like, that's not filling me. I'm in, you know, the lowest point of my life. I'm in my pit, Mm -hmm. you know. He's the only one that seems to accept me for who I am Mm -hmm. and not have any bad intentions for my life. Yeah. And when I started to separate the way that I saw myself and to actually get to know who this God is that people talk about, that people are, you know, is praised, you know, that people worship, that people have a relationship with, things then began to change in my life. And so my, you know, if I, you know, whatever, if I can have the moment to just share, it's like, you're not your mistakes. Mm -hmm. You're not what you didn't do. You're not what you did. And even though other people may single you out as such, that's not who you are. Amen. And as soon as you let go of that identity and that shame, because shame and guilt are two different things. Mm -hmm. Shame is you telling yourself that because of what I did, I am a bad person. Mm -hmm. And guilt is I did a bad thing. So you separate the two. Mm -hmm. As soon as you let go of shame... The shame of what's brought you there and that constant cycle was when then I found the freedom that Mm. I needed to. Did it come easy? No. Did I slip and fall during during that process? Absolutely. Mm -hmm. I'm not going to sit here and say that it was perfect because it wasn't. Yeah. But my life is not what I did. Yep. And then I had people that I then begin to open to and, you know, express and, and share because vulnerability is the scariest thing. Yes. Especially when you've been taught that you have to have it all together. Mm. You know, because if you don't do it, you know, you have no one else around you that mm-hmm. you can look up to. Sometimes you feel like you just got to figure it out on your own. Yeah. But sometimes God will bring you random people into your life. Mm-hmm. The people that you'd least expect. You know? Yeah. Like you. With the people that you get to know. Yeah. Or me with that random, you know, pastor that talked to me <laughs> yeah. for the first time. You mm-hmm. know, it, it, random people. And it's literally like that life jacket yep. that they throw at you. And it's what we do with those moments. Absolutely. That's good, girl. <laughs> My God, I get chills. <laughs> well, Stephanie, I don't even know what else to say. <laughs> to be honest. <laughs> Your story is just, it's powerful, it's amazing, and it's going to bless. And I know it for a fact. I just can't wait (laughs) to put this up so that next Monday y'all hear it and y'all can be blessed by it. And again, I'm just going to take like 10 seconds Mm -hmm. and like, just thank you for what you're doing. Just thank you for what you're doing. Because you don't know the ground that you're breaking. Yeah. And you don't know the lives that the lives that you're actually touching. Amen. Thanks. So thank you. Sophie. Thank you. Absolutely, Stephanie. Thank you for telling us your story from top to bottom. 
I know everything now, <laughs> yes. and now you know it's just it's just relieving because you know you hear things and you're like, really she did? Oh my god! I gotta, you know, you know. But now we got the full story, and your story is definitely one that's gonna bless others. And I pray that it that it transfers. You know, we're we're a small little podcast, but I hope and pray that it reaches to the corners of this earth, and that every person that listens to episode eight. Um, for season three gets blessed by this and you know I just thank you for joining me at the table today thank you guys for having me absolutely and you're you're always welcome here so let's see what happens you you know for next season Um, but thank you for being real transparent telling us you know your story and I just know that it's gonna bless others for sure for sure okay Amen. amen that's what I believe well there you have it and thank you all for tuning into Benevolence where kindness matters and all are welcome to the table. Make sure to follow me on Instagram at Benevolence Podcast or at I am Ceci Diaz to know a little bit more about me and Benevolence. Benevolence Podcast is available on iTunes, Google Play, and the Stitcher app. And finally, if there's a topic that you would like to discuss in the future, please do not hesitate to email me at benevolencepodcast at gmail.com with requests, petitions, or comments. I want to hear from you. And stay tuned for next Monday's episode of Benevolence. You don't want to miss it. Bye.